And welcome back. Hope you're having a very pleasant Monday afternoon. Well, let's talk about the environment. It needs to be front and centre, doesn't it, uh, on the world agenda? Uh, after all, we only have one shot at getting it right, and I'm not sure we're tracking quite uh, that well at the moment. Uh, so to help spread the word, we'll see the World Environment Fair take over the Adelaide Showgrounds on the weekend of June the, uh, the 2nd and the 3rd next month. Now, it's not just for kids either. A lot of fairs we uh, think uh, is just designed for kids. This one is a message that's for all of us. It's a pretty simple message. It's not too late to act. We have a number of guests in the studio uh, to talk about the event. Uh, Michael Garrett from the Department of Environment and Water. G'day, Michael. How are you going, Alan? Thanks for coming in. Tamara Gordon from Animals Anonymous is with us. Hello. Hello, and you've got a couple of little uh, little uh, visitors with you. I do. Fluffy Look at what you... I, I wish, listeners, you could see what uh, she's got in her arms now. A beautiful little betong. What's, what's its name? His name is Yoda. Yoda is a boy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a boy. boy. And I won't mention also beside uh, Tamara, she's got a, uh, <laughs> a, uh, a plastic container containing a snake. <laughs> <laughs> that can stay in there, okay? Oh. okay for, the, for the time being. We've also got Robbie Wesley from uh, Replas Recycled Plastic Products. Uh, how are you, Robbie? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Thanks for coming in too. Um, the World Environment Fair, a great uh, opportunity for us to find out what's actually going on in this world and what we can do about it from a personal level. Uh, Michael, um, what, what's the background of the fair? Sure. Well, look, um, the Adelaide World Environment Fair is held on the weekend just prior to the World Environment Day, as mm. you mentioned. Uh, I think uh, that's on the 5th of June every year. Um, and so this year the event is happening on Saturday the 2nd and 3rd of June from 10am to 5pm on each day. Mm. And it's really an opportunity to celebrate the environment at a local, national and global level. Um, that's the objective, really, of World Environment Day and mm. the fair that we're, we're holding to celebrate it. Now, a lot of times we, we sort of hide our light under the bushel a little bit. We don't actually advertise and, and, and put out there enough just how uh, at the front of the pack South Australia can be with a lot of initiatives. Oh, look, we've got a, a long history of really world-leading environmental mm. initiatives and uh, it's almost old hat for us to be talking about um, container deposit legislation mm. which came into effect in yeah. South Australia more than 40 years ago uh, and I think it was only last year that Queensland joined us in that. So we've led the nation on that front. Also, in 2009, banning single-use shopping bags mm. was uh, was a world-leading uh, uh, initiative. That's um, really interesting. That debate is going on in Victoria as we speak. They just bring that in now. All these years later, they just bring... And they're moaning and whinging and whining as though the world is going to end. And people just can't conceive of, <laughs> a, of a world without single-use pa plastic, yeah. pl uh, plastic bags. But South Australia has shown that it can be done and it can be done cost-effectively and it can be done with real impacts, positive impacts on the environment. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of initiatives uh, happening behind the scenes out there, such as, um, you know, recycle or, or uh, uh, renewable energy and so forth. We know all about that from the political side of it. But even, you know, SA Water, for example, you guys, your department, um, uh, you know, making electricity out of the sewerage down at uh, Glenelg, for example. Well, you've really caught me there. So I am from the Department of Environment and Water, but SA Water is a different agency, so I won't pretend to have any expertise. But, but that's the sort of thing that we're actually leading the pack in. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you mentioned um, uh, our response to, to the changing climate. We have in South Australia managed to decouple our economy from our carbon outputs, and so we've shown that you can decrease carbon emissions and at the same time grow your economy. We've done that very successfully. We've been a world leader on that front mm. also. Mm. So what can we see in your pavilion at the, uh, at, the, at the show? Okay, well, 
for those people who know the Adelaide Showground, it um, includes the uh, Goida and Jubilee Pavilions, and and the uh, the World Environment Fair will take up both of those. Our particular departmental um, uh, space will take up most of the Jubilee, and this year we've integrated uh, uh, the world's largest nature play space, indoor nature play space, uh, with our with our. Um, uh, departmental displays mm. so we focused on things in our displays like the more than 300 national parks across south australia our fantastic marine environment and coastal environments um the the wonderful things people can do in both those national parks and and marine environments and while we've got a, a really significant stage uh in in the jubilee pavilion it'll, it'll have uh, some fantastic speakers over the couple of days and we're very excited this year to have craig Rewcastle as the uh, event ambassador now craig's probably known to many of your listeners as the australian writer and comedian uh, who um, took a lead role in the chaser and mm. uh, last year produced the influential series called the war on waste yeah um so craig's going to be giving a couple of presentations over the course of the of the of the event we've also got uh, stacy thompson known as ranger stacy from channel 10's totally wild children's program and i, I won't out my uh, uh, my co-presenters here <laughs> some some people in the room have had a crush on on ranger stacy um right okay. and, and, we'll I, and, I, and I don't think we'll they're alone that. i don't think they're alone so ranger stacy will be um uh talking about her job conservation she'll invite some kids up onto stage um and they'll have a, a an up close and personal experience with some aussie wildlife with ranger stacy yeah yeah the, the 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 national parks throughout south australia i mean what an asset what an unbelievable asset it. But from an environmental point of view, which is what we don't tend to think of them about, you know, being there to save the environment, um, they're um, they're a gem, aren't they? Absolutely. I, I don't think many people realise that more than twenty percent. In fact, it's around twenty four percent of the state is included in our national parks and reserves. So that's a really massive area. Mm. Um, more than three hundred. Uh, national parks across the state, ranging from the very small to the massive, um, a huge asset for South Australia, a huge asset that helps drive our nature-based tourism, which is a big thing for South Australia. Um, and in addition to that, of course, it, uh, the parks represent uh, the jewel in, in, in Australia's conservation estate, really. Mm, absolutely. Um, Tamara, let's come to you. You're from uh, Animals Anonymous, uh, with your little bet on and the, and the, and the uh, hopefully friendly snake in the, in the uh, Tupperware container there. Um, what's, uh, firstly, Animals Anonymous? What's that? So we're an environmental education business where we take Australian native animals out to schools or child cares or even birthday parties and events as well. And we try and teach people about the environment and try and care about it. You know, why should we care about it? You know, what are these animals mm. doing in the environment and things like that? So we, we really try and push that message to, to try and encourage people to get outside and explore and, you know, care. <laughs> and what's the story of the, the gorgeous little betong you've got? So he's a captive uh, bred one. So once they start to become independent from mum, we start to raise them and then that way they're friendly around people so right, okay. you know kids that don't want to be um around an animal that's really scared and the mm. animal that's scared doesn't want to be around it so this mm. one here you know coming out even just here today he's experiencing new people he's having cuddles by lots of people as well and you know it just gets him um stress-free basically and a really good a really good little device too because he's such a gorgeous little creature bet batons are, are gorgeous aren't they yeah. um uh, and that cuts through, I'm assuming, not just to the kids but also for the adults who have never seen one before. Yeah, it really engages people and we find that it makes a connection with that 
person more. So when we're talking to somebody about the environment, sometimes it's a bit hard for people to connect because, you know, we're, we might be in a shopping centre or we might be in a school. But if we have an animal in our hands, it connects that person with the environment a bit more and they want to care for it a bit more because they can see what, what is um, happening. You know, mm. they can see the animal mm. that's in my hands, you know, that could be endangered or extinct in a certain area. So they, they want to care for it more. And, um, of course, batongs, they're, they're, uh, they're a, an animal that are on the list, but we're having some success, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. So um, for about 100 years now, he's having a big stretch. Um, <laughs> they to. have been extinct in the wild in South Australia, so yeah. that's sad news. But the good news is that we're learning about them. You know, there's release programs for them. There's um, big captive breeding programs for them as well. So it's not a doom and gloom there are great things happening out there um, and especially with betongs and other animals that we don't really get to hear about every day as well and the other thing i mean we all know about the, the yellow-footed rock wallaby enormous success there up around the flinders and so forth but you know it doesn't stop at that there's a whole range of animals that we're actually having some success in but we have to keep on working at it and, and, and keep on being committed don't we absolutely you have to keep on to it all the time and education is the key i believe because you know stuff that we do here in the city impacts what happens down the country impacts everything so we all affect one another and you know if we if we just take one step at a time and just go go for it and care a little bit more mm. it'll help in the long run and help in the future absolutely. all right that's a, a nice introduction uh, to you uh, robbie from uh, replas uh, recycled plastic products um uh tamara said what we do here in the city can affect what happens in the country you're a classic case of that your organization uh, yes, uh, Replus um, was originally uh, started in Ballarat in Victoria, so it is an original success story. Mm. Um, and uh, we, uh, for around about 28 years now, have been reprocessing uh, waste and, uh, and different mixtures of, of plastic waste and uh, recycling them into uh, high-quality, long-life products like benches, tables, chairs, bollards, mm. um, all the way through to for decking for bridges, uh, a signage, and, and pretty much anything you can think of can be made out of timber or, or steel can can usually find a, a sustainable substitute out of plastic. So what sort of plastics are we talking about? Are we talking about the whole range or uh, are there specifics for specific products? Well, us uh, us as a company, we are able to mix the polymers together. So it's your, your high-density polyethylenes and uh, you guys would know as HDPE, yeah. um, um, PVC and, and a few other plastics like that. Uh, and we have been able to be, uh, mix those polymers together to actually get uh, a good sound product that uh, I suppose has all the benefits uh, of, uh, of the plastics and by mixing them together we can actually remove some of the, the downsides of the plastic. Mm, fantastic. Uh, we're talking about uh, the World Environment Fair which is uh, going to be on uh, the beginning of uh, next month at the Adelaide Showgrounds. Happy to take your calls if you've got any questions uh, for the team about uh, uh, the environmental steps that we can take to help as individuals. Give us a call at 223 and this is coming up nine minutes away from two o'clock. Uh, we've got some special guests in the studio. We've got uh, Michael Garrett from the Department of uh, Environment and Water, Tamara Gordon from Animals Anonymous, and uh, Robbie Wesley from uh, Replas, uh, the Recycled Plastic Products uh, Organisation. And we're talking about uh, a very special event coming up at the showgrounds on the uh, the second and third of June that weekend. We'll see the World Environment Fair for 2018. Uh, and I've just had a lovely cuddle of uh, what's his name, Yoda. Yeah. 
the little, uh, yes, he's he's gorgeous too. The little baton. Um, um, Michael, let's come back to you. What sort of things uh, will I be able to do at the at the fair? Well, one of the great events we've got uh, lined up or activities for the fair is the, what we're calling the Green Trail, and uh, it's a little bit of a, a rip off, rip off, I guess, of the Yellow Brick Road, Yellow Brick Road uh, yeah. from the Royal Adelaide Show. Most people will be familiar with that, and and this is a, an exercise that'll help guide people through the fair and give some tips along the way to help understand some of our environmental um, challenges and successes in South Australia. It, it The trail has a range of questions, activities and giveaways at each stop and, and the opportunity to win uh, a number of prizes including a Cleland 12-month membership, a lunch cruise on uh, the River Murray in a paddle steamer, a family kayaking tour um, of the Adelaide Dolphin Sanctuary and also a bunch of multi-parks passes. So some great activities for Can families. Can I put my hand up for all of those prizes? They are fantastic. Come I've along done all and, of them. They, <laughs> come they along really and get good. the questions right yeah. and I'm sure you'll be in the running. Um, so in addition to the Green Trail, we've also got a winner tent competition um, and that's going to be in our national parks area where we'll be uh, asking pairs of people uh, maybe maybe uh, sons and daughters, mums and sons to get together and put up a tent um, not as quickly as you can but within a, a specific <laughs> time frame. So we've had a couple of our, our ranger staff have a go at putting this tent up and we've timed that and it's the, the pair that gets closest to that time. Okay, so they've set the benchmark. That's right. Okay. So you can sign yeah. up for that. It's a, it's, it is a challenge always putting up tents, but this is a particularly complicated tent. So it's clearly not an Oz tent, one of those ones that just fold up <laughs> in two minutes. It's not a pop-up tent. No, no, okay. no. There are bendy poles and all sorts of challenges. So if you feel up for a challenge, and again, you'll, you'll qualify for some great prizes by entering into that competition as well. Fantastic. Now, Tamara, you'll obviously be there with uh, with a range of animals for people to kiss and cuddle. Well, perhaps not kiss, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Have a, have a bit of a cuddle. Absolutely. Um, is it just uh, how important is it for the kids, particularly, to get their hands on these little creatures? Uh, and hopefully, you know, in, in that process, uh, it gets their their their, uh, their brains running for what's coming up in the future. Yeah, exactly. So we really like to um, emphasise the hands-on um, aspect for the animals and for the kids because it really engages the kids. It really gets the kids going. You know, you see that eyes light up. You see their faces really engaged. They, you know, the big smiles on their faces. You know, oh my god, can I hold a snake? Yeah, sure. And then while they're holding the snake, you tell them a bit about the snake. Tell them a bit about their environment. Tell them a bit about what they can do in their own habitat, or their own house, sorry, to create habitat for the animals that we find here locally in Adelaide. So we try and sneak that the conservation message in while mm. they're holding the animals. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, how long have you been doing this? About seven years. Yeah, okay. So in that yeah. time, have you noticed there's been an increase in the interest from the kids, or is it just they're there for the for the for the joy of having the cuddle and they're moving on. I um the from from day one to now seven eight years business yeah. been going for about eleven years. Yeah. I see kids every year, the same kids, and they remember the animals. Ah. My face lights up more than theirs when I hear them say the word betong, and I go, "No way! How did you remember the word betong? Oh, I saw you last year at my birthday party, or you know, last year right. at my school. Wow. Okay, cool. That you've it's been a whole year and you've remembered that animal. You know that that gets me going because it means that I have then put something into their mm. head, and hopefully they carry that 
that with them for the rest of their lives and they will then make a change. They yeah. will then do something. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. the message is getting through. Yeah, And it it's is. that generation. I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not us anymore. Well, we are responsible, but it's that generation that's going to have to clean up the mess that we're creating. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to be a bit down on that, but the, 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 that's absolutely but true. Robbie, um, what do we see from you guys uh, at, at your stand at the uh, exhibition? Uh, well, uh, we'll probably be bringing along uh, a whole bunch of uh, examples of the products that we can make from recycling. Uh, so some tables and some chairs, some benches, some signage, uh, a whole lot of the different types of plastic that we actually do recycle. So mm. I suppose you could call it our brew that goes into the mix. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the educational side, we're, we just want to teach people that uh, just putting your waste into the recycling uh, isn't actually recycling um, because we, we've got a, we've got a full circle and an actual cycle of the recycling to go through so the demand for the product needs to increase for us to increase our capacity to actually recycle um, at the moment uh, Australia's uh, well not anymore but um, Australia used to send somewhere around about 60 percent of their waste mm. overseas to, China. to be mm. re- to be reprocessed mm. now China have uh, put a block up on that and decided to, to tell not only Australia but a lot of the Western world that we're no longer going to take any of your poor quality qu- plastic um, because of health reasons and quite a few other things like that. So what we really need to do in Australia is to hopefully create some policy that increases demand for the use of recycled products uh, and then obviously we'd be able to increase our capacity. Now one of the arguments the Chinese put up to, to stop all that importing that they were doing was, and as, as you said then, poor quality plastic. That was purely and simply because of the sorting process, wasn't it? It was uh, being contaminated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, contaminated waste is a huge problem in Australia. Um, and there are quite a lot of uh, initiatives out there through uh, companies like KeySab and, and uh, quite a few other people like that who are actually doing, uh, uh, on behalf of uh, uh, local go- local government, uh, educational door-stopping campaigns where they're trying to teach um, the local residents the, uh, how to recycle properly mm. because mm. Um, so- sometimes simple things like not rinsing out your milk container can contaminate an entire waste stream. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So would you like would it be an advantage for your line of business if we had more bins rather Uh, than just the the, the yellow bin that you put your plastic in and people get it wrong would we be better off to educate uh, people more and have more bins well, well, I think the, the good thing is that uh, a lot of the students coming through the schools now and the people, uh, the, the younger generation have been brought up learning this in school, how right, to separate okay. your waste and, and how to do it properly. So I think uh, we, we have found quite a lot of uh, the issues are uh, with the older generation yeah, yeah. Um, because, uh, and, and it's usually just because of access to the information on, on actually how to recycle mm. and how to make sure their recycling is done better. So I don't think it's more recycling that needs to be done. I think it's uh, just more or, um, as I said, more demand for mm. products made from recycling, and not just ours, in, in, in every industry, in, in the road industry, um, uh, in, in manufacturing, in building. There are, so, uh, there are so many other options that you can use besides a virgin product. Absolutely. So uh, really, at the end of the day, probably, uh, Michael, the ban from China could be a huge opening for, us, uh, for, for, for organisations uh, like what we're talking about. 
certainly represents a strong opportunity for, for you know, Australian businesses to mm. step in and fill that void. Mm. And maybe just to pick up on what Robbie was saying there, uh, the, the theme of World Environment Day this year is really um, uh, defeating plastic waste. Um, and they've put out a kind of theme for it, which is if you can't reuse, refuse. And I guess that's a call for all of us to reduce the amount of plastic that we, or plastic materials that we uh, buy as consumers. So trying to reduce the amount. But inevitably there is some plastic waste in our lives and it's really important that we recycle it appropriately where we can. And one of uh, my understanding is one of the uh, principal problems we had with contamination was, or have is the um, existence of soft plastics being mm. mixed or commingled with mm. other plastics and that, mm. that contamination issue is one that we can all uh, help solve by just being aware of what soft plastic is and basically it's just any of the plastic products that you can scrunch up in your yep. hand, so things like a shopping bag or a chip packet or a Mars bar wrapper, all of that soft plastics shouldn't go into our yellow recycling bin. Um, there are opportunities to recycle it and most major supermarkets now have um, uh, vessels where you can deposit your soft plastics for recycling but by putting them in the yellow bin you really can cause some problems in that rate waste stream. Well Robbie you made a really good point I didn't realise that uh, by not uh, uh, rinsing the ice cream uh, bottle, uh, the, um, the, the milk bottle can contaminate that whole batch. I didn't uh, realise it was that simple. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, it's not. Uh, that's not the the basis of all contamination waste. No, no. It's just but one of that's the little example. things that yeah. you can uh, remember. Yeah. Um, you know, at home, it's one of the small things that you can do to decrease the amount of contamination in the waste. Mm, mm. And uh, and yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I don't want to be uh, raising names of supermarkets or anything like that. Uh, but we do have uh, a couple of really really good initiatives with uh, with the two leading supermarket chains where you can take your soft plas- uh, plastics to get recycled. Yep. Uh, and they find their way to our factory. And another way to describe the soft plastic is flexible plastics. Um, so if it's rigid, uh, it goes into your yellow bin. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's flexible, so it doesn't have to be soft and stretchy. If you can flex it and twist it, uh, it can go into those uh, bins at, at the uh, at the large supermarket chains as well. So for the the the, uh, the punnet of uh, strawberries, for example. That's recyclable. Yes, the clear plastic one. Yes. It, you can't scrunch it up into a little ball. Yes, correct. Yeah. correct. Is, have I got that right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. There you so, go. That's yeah. a tick for me today. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in. Looking forward to World Environment uh, Day and uh, the World Environment Fair. It's on at the uh, the showgrounds on uh, June the second and third. Let's hope uh, we uh, help get the message through. Good on you. Good thanks to see very you. Much for and uh, bye bye to uh, Yoda as well. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>